Alleluia, sisters and brothers. It's Divine Mercy Sunday, and this is The Word in the World. Welcome to the show. I am Paulist Father Stephen Bell, the Associate Director of the St. Thomas More Newman Center. And here on The Word in the World, we like to give you insight and inspiration for the Sunday readings from both a theological and a practical perspective. On this day, I have the pleasure of having my brothers in the studio with me. We have Father Ed Novak, who is also Associate Director of St. Thomas More Newman Center, and the Sage of Columbus, <laughs> Father Vinny McKiernan, who is our pastoral associate and an all-around raconteur of spirituality. <laughs> Welcome to the show, brothers. Oh, thank you. Good Very to be good. here. How are y'all doing? Good. Yeah, Very it's good. been a long time since we've seen each other. Just <laughs> yeah. seconds. Just seconds. <laughs> so I uh, continue these two greetings to you all out there in Radio Land. This is an opportunity for us to speak to you as priests about Easter and talk a little bit about our own experiences, hoping that it might shed light on your continued reflections on how your Easter has been. Uh, our uh, Easter season, uh, have you all recovered? Yes, yeah, yeah. fine. Getting I, there. I'm just, yeah, yeah just yeah. kind of feeling the fog lift yeah. from my eyes to know where I am and yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> it was a wonderful Holy Week, though. It sure Indeed was, it was. Yeah. 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 What was one of your favorite parts of Holy Week? I think seeing the uh, young people <clears throat> dramatize the uh, Stations of the Cross. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, and they did it so well. and <clears throat> And there was no words, and but they held their place the whole time. Yes. And, it, it worked very well, I thought. Yeah, yeah. For a Good Friday, we had uh, at 3 o'clock the presentation mm. of the Living Stations with the seven mm. last words. Mm. And the Living Stations was done by our middle schoolers. Mm. And they did do a wonderful job, yeah, indeed, yeah. kind of going right into character. Yeah, so that was a very good uh, presentation there. Mm-hmm. And I, Holy Thursday is always moving for the, the foot washing that we mm-hmm. do at, at our mm-hmm. place with everyone getting the chance, the opportunity to wash one another's feet. And mm-hmm. that, that was just very moving seeing that yeah. and watching, the, watching them do that. I had mentioned actually before Holy Week on the show that Holy Thursday is certainly one of my favorites of the Triduum. And mm-hmm. It's just an opportunity to recommit service mm-hmm. uh, from the position of, uh, of serving others through the washing of the feet, mm-hmm. serving the mm-hmm. church and our recommitment as priests, mm-hmm. and also uh, serving the Lord and the, uh, and the Eucharist. So I, I really liked your homily on that, that you were maybe even more radical than just the isolated yeah. washing of feet, but transform the whole uh, culture mm-hmm. to one of uh, service mm-hmm. and mutual service. Yeah. Uh, and rather than just an isolated moment, Right, that it has to be that radical a right, change. Right, right, and to extend beyond those who we're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I mean, that whole act itself is so prophetic that Jesus mm-hmm. does with Peter, mm-hmm. which is why he is so um, he's so against it when he, when Jesus when Jesus kneels down to start washing his feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's how radical we need to be. Mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate that, yeah, brother. Yeah, this coming from the uh, the the. Prince, the, the, the reigning prince of good homilies. <laughs> <laughs> Flattery yeah. will get you everywhere. There you, go. <laughs> there you go. Well, one of the things that I wanted to bring up was a common question that I did receive in, in the course of Holy Week, and that was from people wondering how the date of Easter is determined. Since this year it was relatively late, well, rather late compared to last year when it was pretty early, they just wondered why that was. 
and the the simple answer that we have is you know it's the it's the Sunday after the first full moon after the vernal equinox. Mm-hmm. But it's very interesting as as the three of us were talking that this is the this is one of the times in the church where we merge astrology, astronomy, um, theology, culture into mm-hmm. determining our, our highest of holy days. <laughs> well, the, uh, sometimes we hear people calling someone else a lunatic. Yeah. It, it must be a full moon. Yeah. And um, in a way, we're lunatics in mm. that we believe that uh, God rescued the Israelites from Egypt during this full moon mm-hmm. and that we as Christians are lunatics in that we believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Well, amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting as you said yeah. that. I was thinking my first um, my first. Holy Week as a seminarian I spent in Austin, Texas, and this was 2001. Um, I noticed the, I mean, just the the grandeur of that full moon on Holy Thursday Mm. was so striking to me. And I do remember also at that time, I had just gotten to know the Hillel, which is the Jewish student union that was on the campus of uh, the University of Texas at Austin. And um, noticing that they were celebrating mm-hmm. Passover on that day. And uh, so I, I didn't really think so much about the date of mm-hmm. Easter as much as I was struck by that moon. And mm-hmm. having seen it ever since, uh, just kind of made me wonder what what a wonderful uh, collaborative this is with creation and mm-hmm. with our beliefs mm-hmm. and, and how we mm-hmm. how we celebrate this this wonderful moment of liberty and of victory. Mm-hmm. Indeed, it's you know we certainly believe that we can see God's you know handprint, footprint in in all of creation, and certainly having creation celebrate that. When you mentioned uh, uh, you know, St. Austin's in Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. I remember one Easter vigil where we were coming out of the church, and you know the full moon was there, but also it was there were clouds, and the way the light from the moon was shining through the clouds created a cross right above us, wow. and that was. It was a really powerful yeah. you know, sign, symbol there. It was, it was really special just yeah. to see that, of how nature was coming together to form that. Yeah, exactly. What a sign that would mm. be. Mm. I remember someone saying something like that as you were telling that story when I was, um, when I was just becoming Catholic back in 1994. Uh, this was maybe a couple of years after. Someone said that they had saw the same thing when we did the procession, the, the uh, Holy Thursday procession from the church to the altar of repose with the Blessed Sacrament. We walked outside to a completely different building, and it was right down the block. Mm. But at that time, everybody could get this great view of the of the moon, and they said the same thing that that at that on that particular uh, Holy Thursday they saw a cross over the moon, mm-hmm. and it and it just made them you know enter into the the, the spirit of the moment more mm-hmm. fully. Mm-hmm. So it was great, Father Ed. We had talked earlier a little bit about um, the fact that our Orthodox brothers and sisters don't always celebrate. Easter on the same day as we, and um, I did a just a, a tiny bit, a tiny bit of research around this, just to kind of uh, enrich my knowledge of the of, of the reason for the, some of the differences. And I was uh, <clears throat> noticing how we, as uh, as Western Christians, if you will, follow like a sol- a solar calendar. And uh, the, our Jewish brothers and sisters follow a lunar calendar. It's really interesting how they c- 
converge yes. <laughs> on this, on this uh, understanding of Passover <laughs> to determine what date uh, that will be. And then we follow mm-hmm. suit uh, since the Council of Nicaea to have Easter following Passover. Right. Did you have any uh, information? Did you find any information on the... Well, yeah, the, the, the it, it, it ends up being, you know, they, they follow, like you said, the, the difference between the, well, the lunar calendar and all. But also, they apparently, the Orthodox uh, churches use uh, the Julian calendar, uh, and uh, we, you know, start using the Gregorian calendar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that, that creates some difference. They also calculate the uh, the full moon over Jerusalem, when it's over Jerusalem, mm-hmm, rather mm-hmm. than, you know, anywhere else. And so that can also cause a little bit of uh, differences. Right. So every once in a while, the, the dates are the same. Uh, right. We have celebrate Easter on the same uh, date, but uh, other times it, it can be off. Exactly right. I, um, I When I was um, coming up through seminary, through my formation in seminary, we actually had a good relationship with uh, with a Greek Orthodox church, and so I would go there sometimes for Easter. I was kind of happy that it was um, it was after hours because I had a chance to recuperate <laughs> and then settle in again for an extended <laughs> Easter vigil. Our Easter vigil at Saint Augustine's were like five hours long, and we were I was I was. Uh, Treated to the same thing from our Greek Orthodox brothers and sisters, so it was uh, actually pretty neat. Wow, very good. Yeah. So one of the things about Easter that I find very fascinating is the way in which people do celebrate it. Uh, I was treated to the notion of lamb being served mm-hmm. for Easter dinner. Is that a tradition for any of you? For either of you? Well. Yeah, mom would. Uh, my mom, growing up, we would make these lamb pound cakes. It was in a form of a lamb that uh, uh, it was in, in a mold, and, and, and really? we'd serve that as, as a dessert on Easter Sunday okay. and stuff like that. She'd make a bunch of those and give them out to neighbors and, and relatives and things like that. It was a big yeah. tradition. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, yeah. The Irish uh, would have lamb quite often, not just uh, at Easter. My mother was from uh, County Roscommon, and they were. A, Accused of being sheep stealers, <laughs> maybe, oh, okay. maybe that's why they ate so much lamb. <laughs> but we we had lamb quite often, and yeah. of course we had it on Easter Sunday as well. Yeah, I, I'd never known that tradition before joining yeah. the Polish. Uh, never yeah. known that. With, with, with the Polish tradition, there's a uh, on Holy Saturday you take a bunch of food that you're going to be eating for Easter uh, uh, brunch on the next day to get blessed mm-hmm. and. And it'd be kibasi and, and and your horseradish and your eggs and some bread and things like that. And everyone would eat a bit of that blessed food on Easter Sunday mm-hmm. uh, as part of the Easter meal. That's oh, okay. part of our Polish okay. tradition. Yeah, for African Americans, it was pretty much the same standard of uh, ham and turkey, uh, collard greens, macaroni and cheese, <clears throat> lots and lots of starch, beans, potatoes, <clears throat> corn. Um, yeah, and and. Uh, just like just like our Jewish brothers and sisters, our, our Middle Eastern brothers and sisters particularly, making sure that the table was packed with all kinds of food. <laughs> and I don't know if your um, if your ancestors or, or elders were like mine, but as soon as your plate got partially empty, <laughs> they pass you a dish. Right. right. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah. So you were only hungry if you wanted to be. <laughs> Did you all do uh, anything around, um, uh, I guess, we now see it as a secular under, uh, a secular celebration of uh, Easter eggs and things like that. Uh, you know, 
recognizing in some way the Easter Bunny with with baskets and things <clears throat> like that. Did you do anything like that? Oh, we had that uh, <clears throat> decorating uh, that. Uh, yeah. Uh, the one that you, yeah, right. yeah. Okay, so listeners, Father Ed, Father Ed is a very sweet man. He's a very sweet man. And for Easter Sunday, we, Paulus priests, went upstairs to the dining room table to see, mm-hmm. on our place settings, little small baskets, if you will, like grassy areas with mm-hmm. candy mm-hmm. and uh, and all sorts of uh, <clears throat> sin <laughs> for us to take part in. So that was really nice. Oh, that's, yeah, it's always a fun bit of Easter there, getting that those Easter chocolates and eggs and, yeah. and things like that. So Yeah, excellent. Did you do anything like that? No, but in uh, homily uh, a couple of years ago, I said uh, <clears throat> we, we place all the eggs of our faith in the one basket of the resurrection. Oh, amen. Mm. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, then all the eggs were smashed. Well, amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> amen. And such is true. So, such is very true. Yeah. Amen. And speaking of Jesus, <laughs> these days after Easter, we're treated to a lot of, of resurrection stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Sunday, most notably, is his um, his resurrection to his disciples, where the <clears throat> Thomas, where Thomas called Didymus, uh, doubts that it's him until he puts his hands into his side. Mm-hmm. And um, so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to see the different ways in which he mm-hmm. has appeared to his people mm-hmm. and yeah. kind of setting the setting the stage, if you will, for his great ascension at which he gives his commission mm-hmm. for us to share forth the witnesses of our following him to the rest of the world. I think, I think poor Thomas got, you know, gets a... Uh, no, yeah, bad reputation there a little bit over these years. I mean, if you've ever been, uh, uh, all your friends, uh, if, you, if you ever missed out on a party or an event that all your friends, mm-hmm. you know, got to, you know, how would you'd feel kind of left out? You'd be like, gosh, you know, I wish I was there. Exactly. And so you could imagine Thomas, you know, maybe he was out getting groceries. Who knows? You know, why did Jesus come when he was gone? Right. And, you know, so Thomas, you know, I, I don't think he so much doubted that Jesus is there, but he. He, he wanted to experience what everyone else experienced. And so he had had this, you know, more of a reaction like, you know, I'm not going to believe it until I get to see him too. <laughs> I want to see him too. <laughs> and, and you know, Jesus doesn't disappoint him. And he uses that as an occasion too, in the case for us that, yeah. you know, that we, yeah, we weren't there. We aren't there physically mm-hmm. seeing him. Mm-hmm. And yet we can also believe and certainly experience resurrected life and experience him in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Not like Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to put a c- couple of spins on that. Yeah. One of my favorite statements is, God gave us two hands so we could say on the other hand. Um, so you might say Thomas uh, um, was left out because he wasn't there. He had left community. Uh-huh. But you could also say he was sick and tired of them moaning and groaning about how they failed, and it was very down and negative and they were scared they had locked the doors for fear of the authorities oh yeah and so yeah. he was man enough to get out get mm-hmm. out of that complaining situation mm-hmm. and get some fresh air and so that could be why mm-hmm. he went and then secondly you know we call him doubting thomas mm-hmm. because he, he he did doubt okay mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with doubt Mm-mm. because we have an act of faith mm-hmm. for that so mm-hmm. We wouldn't need faith if there was if there wasn't any doubt, mm-hmm. and so we uh, we call him doubting Thomas. But I would like to call him affirming Thomas, because when he did meet Jesus, he said, "My Lord and my God." Yes, mm-hmm. and those are the 
uh, attributes we recommend people to say at the consecration, yes. my Lord and my God. Yes. So thank you, Thomas, for affirming right. and helping us to affirm. I, too, agree that he has gotten a bad reputation. Mm-hmm. And that name, Doubting Thomas, I actually find it a name of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Because as you say, the the whole notion of having a, a, an act of faith that's very organic, mm-hmm. that has its moments of clarity and its moments of confusion, mm-hmm. uh, does include some doubting. I I think that Thomas represents those of us who are who who approach faith from a very uh, shall I say <clears throat> sensual meaning you know the the engagement of the senses that is so connected to one's intellectual uh, understanding of things mm-hmm. that there has to be some proof that there has to be some some very tangible evidence that what is so what is said to be so is indeed so mm-hmm. i don't think that there's anything wrong with that i mean i think that uh that at, at certain points we need to kind of go into the mystery of things and understand that it's never about getting the answer but rather honing the question but we only do that even as we find those tangible evidences that help us to you know to hone those questions but what really helps me to um to, to minister to all who are, who are like Thomas is the way that Jesus responds to him. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than saying, you were with me this whole time, how could you doubt? Mm-hmm. You know, I told you that I was going to do this. I mean, he could have said all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But instead, he said, put your hand here and, and, and feel my side. You know, take a look at my hands and put your finger into the hole and, and, and believe and and believe and believe in the authentic way in which you were created to mm-hmm. really establish belief. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know that that gives that gives a lot of hope to the way Jesus ministers to to his people mm-hmm. to increase their faith. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, and I agree with you both in terms of the whole doubting thing. I, I think that whatever prompts us to ask questions, we should not. We shouldn't suppress mm-hmm. or rather engage because it could be the way by which, or it usually is, the way by which our faith is deepened and mm-hmm. enriched. Yeah. And I believe it was uh, St. Anselm that, said, that prayed, you know, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's uh, it's all, you know, part of our, our faith uh, journey is, mm-hmm. is, is questioning and, and, and growing mm-hmm. in faith that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what happened in the course of faith development, at least from a structural place, that through some, um, I guess, some bad press on the whole notion of questioning, but uh, mm-hmm. or, or maybe it was during the Enlightenment, I don't know, maybe during the Enlightenment when, when it became more about factual, being, being more mm-hmm. factual about things than you know, taking these acts of, uh, or taking the experiences of our hearts and of our and of our spirits that transcend or complement the mind and understanding things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, if you if you ask a lot of whys, you yeah. become wise. Oh, look at you! Mm-hmm. Hey, Mary, <laughs> <laughs> that's incredibly Socratic. <laughs> Socrates would be very proud yeah, of you, Father yeah. Benny. <laughs> 
Indeed. Well, at this part of the show, we like to give a challenge mm. to our listening audience. It's a challenge that is reflected in um, in either this or one of the Sunday readings that we have. It's a challenge that represents our, our Christian faith and a challenge that people can do within the course of a week. So um, I'll, I'll mention my challenge, and I invite mm. you to offer your challenges as well. And okay. You have a choice of three sisters mm. and brothers out there in Radio Land, mm. which is pretty good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So my challenge is this. I say confront the doubts. You know, Mm -hmm. whatever doubts you might have, uh, make them known to the Lord and, you know, follow Thomas's example of when you hear certain testimonies from others about their experiences with Christ and if they should raise any questions about the veracity or possibilities therein, bring those to the Lord. And, and and just see what happens, you know, to be more open about that. Do you have any challenges? Sure. I, yeah, the, uh, the other readings about us, you know, speak about the early Christian community, of how mm-hmm. they're all one of heart and mind mm-hmm. and, and sharing everything in common. And so I guess my challenge would be is, you know, how to get more involved in the common community, in your local church community or, or, or your, your uh, community where you live, get more involved in doing some acts of charity or, yeah. or, or caring for one another. Divine Mercy Sunday is, you know, God's mercy is just not just, you know, forgiveness over our sins, but, you know, forgiving one another, but it's the mercy of, of, of caring for one another. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the challenge would be, you know, what can you go out there and do, you know, one, one act of mercy or, or challenge mm-hmm. in, the, in your community? Easter's kind of like a, a new year. Uh, for for doing just that after 40 days of Lent of figuring out how to or what to remove in order to get more deeply involved Mm -hmm. with Christ or to make our relationship with Christ more of a priority in our life. Easter becomes that that new opportunity for us to actually put that in action. So I think that's great. That's really great. Father Vinny? Yeah, Father Ed mentioned earlier about the uh, prayer, I believe, help my unbelief. Mm -hmm. I think and, and, and that goes also way back to the New Testament where the man with the possessed son mm-hmm. and says to Jesus, uh, can you do this? Mm-hmm. And Jesus True. says, well, do you mm-hmm. believe? And he says, I believe, help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most honest prayer in the whole gospel Amen. because Amen. it's a mix, you know. And um, I, I would hope that we... So that's the challenge. I, I invite people to say that at least once a day, mm-hmm. but maybe 30 times a day. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe, help my unbelief. Right. And, and that's, that's, you know, after all these years of mine, I'm still saying that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's encouraging. <laughs> that really is. I, you know, I, um, I like to put that forward when there, at times when I'm doing hospital ministry particularly. Mm. Uh, when there, when when people face issues of mortality, mm. I think that that prayer has been, in my experience, for those to whom I minister, a prayer that they would love to say mm. but are afraid to say it mm. because mm. it may say something very negative about their faith. Mm-hmm. When in fact, mm. it puts it all out mm. there and provides the opportunity for mm-hmm. faith to be mm-hmm. increased. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And in those moments when when things just seem a little crazy um, and when you don't know if God can do it, mm-hmm. um, to, to, to call it out, mm-hmm. to really call it out. Yeah. yeah. That's um, you know, one of the things that I, I'm pretty big on these days is being authentic. 
mm-hmm. in front of the Lord. I mean, mm-hmm. He's the one who made us how we are. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. why not bring that back to Him as we continue to yeah. <laughs> learn ourselves? Yeah, yeah very good. Yeah, very yeah good. well, prayer is not pretending. Mm-hmm. Prayer is being real. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. That's the new shirt. Mm-hmm. That's the new shirt. Prayer is not pretending. Oh. <laughs> it's being real. That's the new shirt. Well, then <laughs> if you... If you don't pretend, you don't have to have a pretense. Yeah. Oh, there you go. (laughs) For all of you who don't know Father Vinny, he is a pun master. So he'll go all day. (laughs) Very good. Very good. So in terms of prayer, nice segue. uh, One of the things we do to close out our show is to talk about our prayer life, you know, the ways in which we are finding good uh, and and enriching prayer for us. And then we, we offer a prayer for, for people. Mm-hmm. So uh, wh- how do you like to pray these days? I you know, turn to the scripture, the daily readings, and uh, I have a daily Bible counter too. It has, you know, a different scripture quote and all. It's like, okay, what God word, what does God's word have to say for me today? Mm-hmm. And just, you know, praying with that, even like a little Lexio Divina type thing. What are, what, what are the words of scripture that are jumping out that'll be there for me today? And mm-hmm. is it as a challenge, as a comfort, or as a you know encouragement? Uh, there's always God's word. There's some message for me every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always pray uh, two twenty second twenty minute periods of centering prayer, mm-hmm. and the act of faith and the act of faith at the end. So the act of faith at the beginning. I wish now to be present to the mystery of God, loving unconditionally the mystery of me. Mm. And the mystery of me includes all the people that are on my mind and in my heart. Mm -hmm. And then we end with Ephesians 3, all praise to God whose power now at work within us can do infinitely more than we ask or imagine. So that's kind of all-embracing. Yes, yes, indeed. I have for the last couple of months been in this mode of bringing the various parts of myself into prayer. So uh, there's a, there's whatever is on my mind, mm. bringing that to prayer, whatever's in my heart, mm. whatever's on my spirit, mm-hmm. whatever my body is going through, to bring all of those things to, to its own prayer mm. and then culminating it with an opportunity of silent reception, if Mm. you will. And the best time for me to do that is early in the morning for, um, I mean, I have been in this moment of sheer and silent attention at like five o'clock in the morning when I first get up Mm. and and everything. There's there's this, this, uh, this stillness that is very potent, I suppose. And, um, it's the perfect opportunity for me to just kind of bring things to God mm-hmm. and to, to check in and also to be checked in, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just paying attention all, uh, for myself all, you know, throughout the whole day, you know, opportunities mm-hmm. to pray for people or situations or, mm-hmm. or things. And uh, you know, sometimes a you know, powerful prayer to pray for people that are, can be frustrating or so is, God bless them, change me. Mm-hmm. Even though mm-hmm. you might pray, Lord, make them easier to like me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. yes, but, indeed. you know, pray the blessing upon them that comes back and God changes our hearts to be able yeah. to deal with the situation. Who are you praying for these days? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, there's just, you know, a lot of people who are ill or are going through difficult times and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And a powerful, another, you know, I always go to Julian of Norwich when feeling overwhelmed by situations or so. And she prayed, you know, all will be well. 
all will be well, and all manner of things will be well. Mm-hmm. Such was her deep faith that God is ultimately in charge of everything. Excellent. So that's always my go-to prayer when I'm feeling overwhelmed. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Do you have anyone you want yeah. to pray for? Well, <clears throat> I have kind of a generic prayer for whatever the situation is, and it's, you know, grant, grant to him or her a renewed heart, recreate in him or her your own spirit, Lord. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to radiate that towards the person. <clears throat> I don't say it out loud, but it's because I really don't know what the solution is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the, the solution is that their heart and their spirit be transformed mm-hmm. according to the heart and spirit of God. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I pray, and you can change the pronoun. Mm-hmm. So m- me, you... Uh, uh, her, him, uh, and then them, them sometimes is uh, the United States Congress. Uh-huh. Grant to them, O uh-huh. oh Lord, a heart renewed. Uh-huh. Recreate in them your own spirit. Uh-huh. Or the bishops uh-huh. of the United States, uh-huh. or, uh-huh. you know, or Whoever your, your yeah. brother-in-law's family. So yeah. it's, a, a, it's a gentle way to pray uh-huh. for people without getting enmeshed in the particular right. problem. getting kind of overcome by the drama of it Yeah, all. yeah. yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Well, brothers, thank you for a great show. You're good. Thank Thanks you. for having yeah. us. Yeah. This has been very enriching. Yeah. Would you come back again? Sure. Well, we'll do it again at dinner time. Oh, yeah, we will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sisters and brothers, he's not kidding. We actually talk like this at the table. <laughs> well, well, we hope that this has been very enriching for all of you out there in Radio Land. Our continued prayers and blessings for you to have a wonderful Easter season filled with light and joy and victory of the resurrection. We'd like to thank Brett Johnson, our producer, for this particular show and for the St. Thomas More Newman Center at which we all minister, where you are indeed welcome always, always, always. Check us out at BuckeyeCatholic.com, and we will see you here next week on The Word in the World here on AM. 920 WMNI.